now it's time to take a look at our featured mag, Nina, which is, of course, NME magazine. And uh, we're starting off with, this is a bit of a bizarre one, uh, Vogue en- editor Anna Winter. Now, apparently she got a bit lost, uh, not in France, though, in New York. <laughs> Vogue editor Anna Wintour has described how she got lost when trying to leave Kanye West's launch ahead for, uh, event for his Yeezy Season 3 clothing line earlier this year. The rapper launched his latest fashion collaboration with Adidas, or Adidas, however you say it, in February, hosting an event at Madison Square Garden in New York, where he also premiered an early version of his new album, The Life of Pablo. Wintour was one of many celebrities to attend the event and told the story of her eventful night on US TV, TV's Late Night with Seth Meyers on Wednesday night. After about 45 minutes, I noticed that Jay-Z had slid away, so I thought maybe I could sneak out without nobody noticing. But I slid into the basement of Madison Square Garden, and I was lost there for half an hour, asking various people to let me out, Wintour revealed. I was really in tears, and then this little security guard came up to me and said, Did your, did your son play bas- uh, baseball for collegiate school in New York? And I said, yes. He said, oh, I was his coach. Can I help you? And I said, yes, please. Take me out of here. Wintour also described West's latest collection as migrant chic. Wintour and West have been enjoying a good relationship in recent times with pictures of the rapper's wedding of Tim uh, Kim Kardashian published in Vogue in 2014. Oh my goodness. Imagine somewhere being so kind of huge like that, that you'd actually get lost trying to get out. But also the fact that she was asking various people and none of them would let her out. And the only one who did, only did it because he taught her son baseball. <laughs> what are the chances of that though? You know, your, your yeah. son's baseball coach being one of the security. No, exactly. <laughs> That's really funny. My favourite thing is that, that she describes uh, West's lace collection as migrant, migrant chic. chic. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but I think I'm going to have to Google his stuff to see what I, I think of I it. I don't quite know what migrant chic means no. myself, actually, but uh, it'd be very interesting. Maybe maybe that's what we'll all be wearing this Exactly, this maybe. coming season. Mm. Migrant yeah, chic. Maybe. We'll need to ask Emily. Okay, um, <laughs> let's move on to our next story. And uh, it's Katy Perry. Now, we heard some time ago that she was looking to buy a convent and um, oh, the nuns wouldn't let her. But it's all, it's all kind of been turned around on its head now. Yeah, Katy Perry has won her battle to turn a former Roman Catholic convent into her new home. As reported, Perry became embroiled in a complicated row over the ownership of the eight-acre Los Angeles property last year. Perry thought that she would be able to buy the former convent from the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, run by Archbishop Jose Gomez, and made a $14.5 million bid. However, the five nuns living in the property at the time said that Perry would be an unsuitable owner and pushed to sell it to a businesswoman, Dana Hollister, instead. Hollister wanted to use it as a hotel. This is when a third party, a local Catholic archbishop, entered and argued that it was him and not the nuns who owned the property. It was his wish to sell the property to, to Perry. Perry went on to accuse Hollister of taking advantage of vulnerable elderly nuns who she malevolently convinced to oppose the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, No direct complaint from the nuns was filed. 
The Guardian reports that Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Stephanie Bowick on Wednesday approved the Archdiocese motion to block the sale to Hollister. Though Perry now has the approval of the Archbishop, she still needs to have her bid approved by the Vatican in order to complete the sale. My goodness, I didn't realise it was so complicated. No, exactly. Exactly. You'd think either they want to keep the place or they want to get rid of it. Well, exactly. And, you know, isn't it funny that, that, you know, they can be selective about... I mean, I suppose anybody can be selective about who they sell to. But I I suppose if you're, like you say, if you're looking to sell something, you just, you don't really care, do you? No. And also, it's interesting that they thought a hotel would be more suitable. I mean, anything can go on in a hotel. Yeah, well, well, exactly, exactly. Mm. But maybe they were thinking, you know, there's going to be parties and drink and other things going on there. And who knows? Who Who knows knows indeed? (laughs) But anyway, she's got her house. Um, Okay, we've got time for one last story then from NME magazine. Brian May has criticised Sasha Baron Cohen over the Freddie Mercury biopic. Cohen was in talks with May and Roger Taylor about playing Mercury in a biopic, but the talks broke down. Cohen subsequently spoke to radio host Howard Stern about his experiences on the project, claiming he left because the surviving members of Queen wanted to spend a substantial amount of the film focusing on the band after Mercury's death. Cohen said, a member of the band, I won't say who, said, you know, this is such a great movie because it's got such an amazing thing that happens in the middle. And I go, what happens in the middle of the movie? He goes, you know, Freddie dies. And I go, what happens in the second half of the movie? And he goes, we see how the band carries on from strength to strength. I said, listen, not one person is going to see a movie where the band, the lead character dies from age and then you see how the band carries on. Brian May has responded to Cohen's claims in an interview in the Mail on Sunday's event magazine. Sasha became a beep, he said, but... We had some nice times with Sasha kicking around ideas, but he went off and told untruths about what happened, he said. May says they now hope that Ben Whishaw, most recently seen in the BBC drama London Spy, will play Mercury. Yeah, I mean, it all seemed to kind of fall flat mm. uh, on its backside, really, didn't it? The the yeah. whole kind of story. But I, I thought I thought the whole thing had just gone to ground, to mm. be honest, but they're obviously still working on it. Yeah, exactly. I kind of see, I can see what Sasha Baron Cohen means. Well, so do I. I mean, you would think that the kind of the end of the story, or even if it had been sort of seven eighths of the way through the film, yeah, exactly. Freddie exactly. died, but to mm. die halfway through, mm. I would lose interest then. Oh, because, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, would I? So would I. And I think I don't know. I think I think you're right. If it kind of like you know. I think it would be. I think it's important to show how the band has gone on, but I don't think you need half a film to do that. No, I don't think so either. I mean, it, it, everybody is so subjective about their taste in mm. music and what they think of of certain bands and certain songs. Personally, I I don't think Queen is Queen without Freddie Mercury. No, I, so, I'm kind of with you on that. You know, he kind of was mm. Queen for me. So um, yeah, I would lose interest halfway through a film if if that's when they showed you know his death scene. Mm. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows how they're going to play it out? Anyway, Nina, thank you so much for taking us through the current issue of NME Magazine. Uh, the new issue is out if you want to go and get it. If you can and you want to take a look online, though, you can look at their fully accessible website. It's nme.com.